What do Beatrix Potter, Helen Skelton, Stan Laurel and Melvin Bragg have in common? Apart from being a top-tier dinner party combo, you'll have to listen to a latest episode to find out. Hello, I'm Mark Thomas. Welcome to the new, slightly late episode of Counting Down the Counties, a podcast where I've got a really long list of UK and Northern Ireland counties, and I'm going down it, highlighting a new county each episode. I'll give you a little potted history, some fun facts, and some famous names born or living in the county. The original plan for this podcast was a weekly episode, but it's become apparent that I don't have the time to stick to a rigid schedule, so I'm going to release episodes when I can. I hope that is okay with you. As always, I'm not a historian, just a lover of history, internet searching and the UK. So if anything is wrong, please let me know and I'll do an update section in a future episode. Contact details for the show are at the end of the podcast. I spoke to my friend the AI again, and here is how it describes the county. A captivating region in northwest England blends rolling emerald hills with purple heather and azure skies. Home to the mesmerizing Lake District, its landscapes boast serene lakes, impressive peaks and charming villages. This picturesque area enchants visitors with its natural beauty and offers a haven for outdoor enthusiasts. Cumbria's countryside is the perfect escape from the hustle and bustle of urban life, providing a serene retreat for all who visit. That's totally worth a visit, right? Welcome to Cumbria. Overview Cumbria is the most northwesterly ceremonial county of England. It's the third largest ceremonial county in England by area, but the eighth smallest by population. The county is predominantly rural, with an area of 8,769 square kilometres, or 2,614 square miles for those people, and a population of around 500,000. The largest city in the county is Carlisle, which is also its administrative centre, with a population of around 75,000. Other towns in the county are Barrow-in-Furness, 57,000, Kendall, 28,500, and Workington, 25,000. Cumbria as a county was established on April 1st, 1974, as a result of the Local Government Act of 1972. This act reorganised local government in England and Wales, and Cumbria was formed by merging the historic counties of Cumberland and Westmoreland, along with parts of Lancashire and the Furness region, as well as a small section of the West Riding of Yorkshire. While the modern administrative county of Cumbria was created in 1974, the history of the area dates back thousands of years, with evidence of human habitation since the Stone Age. Prehistoric Cumbria Prehistoric Cumbria spans the period from the earliest evidence of human habitation, around 10,000 years ago, up until the Roman invasion of Britain in 43 CE. This long stretch of time includes Stone Age, Bronze Age and the Iron Age. During the early Stone Age, the Paleolithic period, the area now known as Cumbria was covered by glaciers. As the ice receded, nomadic hunter-gatherers began to settle in the region. Mesolithic, Middle Stone Age sites such as those as Seathwaite Tarn and Kent's Bank Cavern show evidence of temporary camps and stone tool production. The Neolithic or New Stone Age period 
beginning around 4000 BCE, marks the transition to more permanent settlements and the introduction of agriculture. This era is characterised by the appearance of large stone monuments, including stone circles such as Castle Rig and Long Meg and her daughters and burial cairns. The Neolithic inhabitants of Cumbria also built impressive chambered tombs, like the one found at Hazelden Rig. The Bronze Age, around 2500 to 800 BCE, is marked by the development of metalworking, with copper and bronze artefacts discovered throughout Cumbria. This period saw the construction of burial mounds and cairns, as well as stone rows and circles. The remains of settlements, such as stone huts at Ranadale and Skelmore Heads, provides insight into the lives of Bronze Age communities. The Iron Age, around 800 BCE to 43 CE, brought further technological advancements, with iron replacing bronze as the key material. Hill forts, like the one at Maiden Castle near Appleby, were constructed, providing both defensive and communal spaces. The Iron Age inhabitants of Cumbria, the Brigantes and Saviti tribes, were skilled farmers, traders and craftspeople. Throughout prehistoric Cumbria, evidence of complex social and religious practices can be found in the region's rich archaeological record. This fascinating history laid the foundation for the arrival of the Romans and the subsequent formation of the Cumbrian landscape we know today. Roman Cumbria Cumbria's Roman period began with the invasion of Britain in 43 CE. The occupying forces quickly established a network of forts and roads, bringing the local tribes under their control. In Cumbria, the Saviti and Brigantes tribes were the primary residents of the area during Roman rule. A key feature of Roman Cumbria is the famous Hadrian's War, constructed between 122 CE and 128. This impressive fortification stretched coast to coast from the Solway Firth in the west to the River Tyne in the east. Several forts along the wall, such as Bird Oswald and Bowness on Solway, are located within Cumbria, providing a glimpse into the region's Roman military presence. The Romans also established forts and settlements throughout the region, including the forts of Ambleside, Hard Knot and Carlisle. These installations were connected by a network of roads, including the notable Stainegate and the Maiden Way, which facilitated the movement of troops and goods. Cumbria's economy also thrived under Roman rule. The Romans extracted valuable resources like lead, silver and iron, and established trade routes with other parts of the empire. The region's fertile soil allowed for a flourishing agricultural industry, with evidence of cereal production and animal husbandry found in various archaeological sites. Despite the Roman influence, the local Celtic culture persisted throughout this period. The blending of Roman and Celtic traditions can be observed in art and artefacts from the time, such as altars dedicated to both Roman and native deities. By the early 5th century, as the Roman Empire began to decline, their presence in Cumbria waned, the Romans withdrew from Britain, leaving behind a rich legacy of forts, roads and settlements that continued to shape Cumbria's landscape and history. Saxon Cumbria Following the departure of the Romans in the early 5th century, Britain entered a new era marked by the arrival of Anglo-Saxons and other Germanic tribes. During the Saxon period, Cumbria remained a somewhat remote and sparsely populated region, while much of Britain was being settled by the Anglo-Saxons, Cumbria retained its distinct Celtic character. 
The area was mainly inhabited by the native Britons, who spoke a language called Cumbric, a close relative of Old Welsh. Despite the region's isolation, the influence of the Anglo-Saxons was still felt in Cumbria. Kingdoms such as Northumbria and Mercia expanded their influence in the region, and by the 7th century, the Northumbrian king, Oswald, established Christianity in the area, which led to the founding of religious centres such as Carlisle and St. Bees. Throughout the Saxon era, Cumbria faced raids and invasions from various groups, including the Scots from the north and the Vikings from the west. One notable Viking attack occurred in 875, when the Norse leader Halfdan Ragnarsson devastated Carlisle and its surrounding monastic settlements. Despite these incursions, Cumbria's Celtic heritage persisted, and the region maintained a level of independence during the Saxon period. This is evidenced by the survival of place names with Cumbric origins, as well as the continued use of Celtic artistic styles in carvings and cultures. In summary, the Saxon period in Cumbria was marked by a blending of cultures and influences. The region retained its Celtic roots while also being exposed to the religious, political and cultural transformations brought by the Anglo-Saxons and other groups. The legacy of this period can still be seen in Cumbria's unique history and landscape. Norman Cumbria The Norman period began with the Norman conquest of England in 1066. Following the Battle of Hastings, William the Conqueror and his Norman forces began the process of consolidating power throughout England. Cumbria, however, remained a somewhat peripheral region during this time. Nevertheless, the Normans did make their mark on the area. One of the most significant events for Cumbria during the Norman period was the harrying of the North, a brutal campaign carried out by William the Conqueror between 1069 and 1070. In response to continued resistance in Northern England, William sought to suppress rebellions by devastating the land and resources. Cumbria was not spared from this destruction, with towns like Carlisle suffering significant damage. In the years that followed, the Normans began to assert their control over Cumbria. They constructed castles and fortifications, such as the impressive Carlisle Castle, which became a key defensive stronghold and administrative centre. The Normans also established new towns and settlements and introduced the feudal system, which significantly altered the region's social and economic landscape. The church played a vital role during the Norman period as well, with the founding of abbeys and priories, including Furness Abbey and St Mary's Abbey in York, which held lands in Cumbria. These religious institutions not only spread Christianity, but also contributed to the region's agricultural and economic development. Despite the Norman presence, Cumbria retained a level of autonomy throughout this period, with local rulers, such as the Lords of Cumberland and Westmoreland, exercising considerable authority. As a result, the region developed a unique blend of Norman, Anglo-Saxon and Celtic influences, which can still be seen in the area's architecture, language and culture. The Norman period in Cumbria was marked by both conflict and cooperation. The region's distinct character and relative isolation allowed it to maintain a sense of independence, even as the Normans brought new political, social and religious changes to the area. Industrial Cumbria This transformative period, which spanned from the early 18th to the early 20th centuries, brought about significant changes in technology, industry and society throughout Britain. Cumbria's natural resources and geography played a key role in shaping its industrial development. 
The region's abundant deposits of coal, iron ore and limestone, combined with its location along the coast, made it an ideal hub for industry and trade in the northwest of England. One of the most significant industries during this time was iron production. The rich iron ore deposits found in areas such as Furness and Millam led to the establishment of ironworks and blast furnaces, which produced pig iron and wrought iron for use in construction and manufacturing. Barrow in Furness, for example, rapidly grew from a small village into a major industrial centre. Coal mining was another important industry with numerous collieries operating throughout Cumbria. The demand for coal to fuel the region's growing industries and steam-powered machinery led to the expansion of mining operations, particularly in the Whitehaven and Workington areas. The textile industry also found a foothold in Cumbria, with mills and factories springing up along rivers such as the Derwent and Maloon. These mills produced cotton, woolen and linen goods using the latest innovations in machinery and production techniques. Shipbuilding was a prominent industry as well, especially in coastal towns like Barrow and Furness and Maryport. The construction of ships for trade, transportation and the Royal Navy contributed to the region's economic growth and global connections. To support these expanding industries, an extensive network of canals, railways and roads was developed. Key transportation links, such as the Lancaster Canal, the Carlisle Canal and the Furness Railway, helped to connect Cumbria's industrial centres with the rest of the country. While the Industrial Revolution brought prosperity and employment opportunities to Cumbria, it also came with challenges, including urbanisation, pollution and difficult working conditions for labourers. The Industrial Revolution had a profound impact on Cumbria, transforming its landscape, economy and society. The legacy of this period can still be seen today in the region's historic industrial sites, architecture and cultural heritage. Military history The military history of Cumbria is a long and storied past of conflict and defence. Cumbria's strategic location in the northwest of England, near the border with Scotland, has made it a focal point for military activity throughout the centuries. Its rugged terrain and coastal access have shaped its role in various conflicts and periods of unrest. The Roman period saw the construction of the previously mentioned Hadrian's Wall, a remarkable defensive barrier that stretches coast to coast from the Solway Firth to the River Tyne. During the medieval period, Cumbria was often at the centre of border disputes between England and Scotland. Castles such as Carlisle Castle and Bruff Castle were constructed as defensive strongholds and administrative centres. The border region became known as the Debatable Lands, a lawless area where raiders from both sides, known as the Border Reavers, preyed on local communities. In the 16th and 17th centuries, tensions between England and Scotland continued to shape Cumbria's military history. The reign of Elizabeth I saw the strengthening of coastal defences in response to the threat of invasion from the Spanish Armada. Forts like St. Bee's Head and Maryport were built or reinforced to protect against potential attacks. During the English Civil War in the 17th century, Cumbria saw its share of military action. Royalist and parliamentarian forces clashed in various locations, with Carlisle being besieged multiple times, before ultimately falling to the parliamentarians in 1645. The 18th and 19th centuries witnessed a period of relative peace for Cumbria. The region played a vital role in training and supplying troops during both World War I and World War II, in the 20th century, Cumbria's coastal location made it an important site for shipbuilding and other military industries. 
Today, Cumbria continues to have a strong military presence, with facilities like the BAE Systems Shipyard in Barrow and Furness, which produces submarines for the Royal Navy, and the Sellafield Nuclear Site, which has historical links to Britain's nuclear programme. Cumbria's military history is a rich tapestry of conflict, defence and strategic importance. The region's unique geography and proximity to international borders have shaped its role in a wide range of historical events. Cumbria in the 20th century At the dawn of the 20th century, Cumbria was still a predominantly rural area, with agriculture playing a central role in the local economy. However, the region's industrial sectors, such as iron and steel production, coal mining and shipbuilding, continued to expand and shape the area's growth. World War I left an indelible mark on Cumbria, as it did the rest of Britain. The region became an important hub for the war effort, producing munitions and supporting the training of troops. The shipyards in Barrow and Furness played a vital role in constructing vessels for the Royal Navy, while the town of Whitehaven saw the establishment of a munitions factory. In the interwar years, Cumbria faced economic challenges, with industries such as coal, mining and textiles in decline. The Great Depression in the 1930s only exacerbated these difficulties, leading to high levels of unemployment and hardship for many local communities. World War II again thrust Cumbria into the spotlight, as the region contributed to the war effort in various ways. The shipyards continued to build naval vessels, while the nearby airfield at Walney Island was used both by the Royal Air Force and the United States Army Air Forces. Additionally, the Lake District provided a picturesque backdrop for training exercises by British and American troops. Following the end of the war, Cumbria saw a period of revitalisation and change. Industries such as shipbuilding and heavy engineering continued to play a significant role, but the region also began to diversify its economy. The establishment of the Sellafield nuclear site in the late 1940s marked a significant shift towards the nuclear sector, which would become a key employer in the area. The second half of the 20th century also saw a rise in tourism, as more people discovered the natural beauty and cultural heritage of the region. The designation of the Lake District as a national park in 1951 helped to promote the area as a tourist destination, attracting millions of visitors each year. As the 20th century drew to a close, Cumbria continued to face economic challenges, particularly in its traditional industries. However, the region also began to embrace new opportunities, such as renewable energy and technology sectors, laying the groundwork for its future development. The 20th century was a time of great transformation for Cumbria. From its role in two world wars to its evolving economy and the growth of tourism, the region has demonstrated remarkable resilience and adaptability. Famous Sons and Daughters Lots of famous names have either been born in or have lived in Cumbria, including beloved author Beatrix Potter, originally from London but famously made her home at Hilltop Farm in the heart of the Lake District. Television presenter and actress Helen Skelton was born in Carlisle. Broadcaster, author and parliamentarian Melvin Bragg was born in Wigton. One of the hairy bikers, Dave Myers, was born in Barrow. Stan Laurel, one half of Laurel and Hardy, was born in Ulverston which was originally in Lancashire. Finally, English romantic poet William Wordsworth, he of the daffodils, was born just outside Cockermouth. Famous food. Prepare your taste buds as we delve into the scrumptious world of Cumbrian cuisine. Cumberland sausage, 
Perhaps the most famous food from the region, Cumberland sausage is a distinctive coiled sausage made from seasoned pork. It has a robust and flavorful taste, thanks to the inclusion of herbs and spices such as white pepper, thyme and sage. In 2011, this iconic sausage was granted protected geographical indication status, which means that only sausages produced in Cumbria can be labeled as Cumberland sausages. Grasmere gingerbread Invented in 1854 by Sarah Nelson in the village of Grasmere, this unique gingerbread is a delicious cross between a biscuit and a cake. Richly spiced, crunchy and chewy, Grasmere gingerbread is still made and sold in the original shop where Sarah Nelson first introduced her delightful creation. Kendall Mint Cake Known as the energy bar of its time, Kendall Mint Cake is a glucose-based confection flavoured with peppermint. It was first created in the town of Kendall in the early 20th century and gained fame when it was taken on several Mount Everest expeditions, including the successful ascent by Sir Edmund Hillary and Tenzing Norgay in 1953. Damson Cheese Made from damson plums, which grow abundantly in the Lith Valley in Cumbria, damson cheese is a firm fruit preserve. It is similar to fruitcake in texture and is traditionally served with cheese, crackers or crusty bread. Rum Butter This deliciously rich treat is a blend of butter, sugar and dark rum, sometimes flavoured with nutmeg or other spices. Rum butter is often enjoyed during the Christmas season, spread on warm mince pies or simply on a slice of toast. Sticky Toffee Pudding Although its origins are debated, sticky toffee pudding is often associated with the Lake District and has become a beloved dessert throughout the United Kingdom. It consists of a moist sponge cake made with dates, smothered in a luscious toffee sauce, and is typically served with either vanilla ice cream or custard. What to do in Cumbria Whether you're an outdoor enthusiast or a history buff, Cumbria has something for everyone. So let's dive into the exciting activities and attractions that await you in this picturesque destination. Explore the Lake District National Park Cumbria is home to the magnificent Lake District, England's largest national park. With its breathtaking scenery, crystal clear lakes and majestic mountains, the park offers endless opportunities for hiking, cycling and water sports, or simply enjoying a leisurely stroll and taking in the views. Visit Beatrix Potter's Hilltop Farm. Step back in time and discover the world of beloved children's author Beatrix Potter at her Fort Home Hilltop Farm. Located in the village near Sori, this charming 17th century farmhouse is now a museum, offering a glimpse into Potter's life and her love for the Lake District. Cruise on Lake Windermere As the largest lake in England, Windermere is a must-visit destination in Cumbria. Enjoy a leisurely boat cruise across the lake, taking in the stunning landscape, or explore the quaint towns of Bowness on Windermere and Ambleside that are nestled along its shores. Discover Hadrian's Wall Immerse yourself in Cumbria's rich history with a visit to Hadrian's Wall, a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Built by the Romans in 122 CE, this ancient fortification stretches across the northern border of Cumbria and offers a fascinating look into the region's past. Wander through the gardens at Muncaster Castle With its 800-year history, Muncaster Castle is a must-see attraction in Cumbria. Explore the castle's beautiful gardens, home to a stunning collection of rhododendrons and azaleas, or take a guided tour and learn about the castle's fascinating history and resident ghosts. 
Experience the Raven Glass and Eskdale Railway. Enjoy a scenic journey through the picturesque Eskdale Valley on this charming narrow-gauge steam railway. The line runs for seven miles between Ravenglass on the coast and Dalegarth Station near the village of Boot, offering stunning views of the surrounding countryside. Trek up Scaffeld Pike For the more adventurous, a hike up Scaffeld Pike, England's highest mountain, is a must. Standing at 3,209 feet, this challenging climb rewards you with panoramic views of the Lake District and beyond. Of course, there are lots more places to visit and things to do, including the Pencil Museum in Keswick, the Stock Park Bobbin Mill, the Laurel and Hardy Museum in Alverston, and take a guided alpaca walk, plus lots more that I'm bound to be called up on for missing. Oh, so what do Beatrix Potter, William Wordsworth, Stan Laurel and Melvin Bragg have in common? Well, Beatrix Potter wrote the Peter Rabbit stories, which are about a mysterious rabbit. Helen Skelton has barbecued a rabbit for dinner. This is honestly true. In the 1976 animated film, a Laurel and Hardy cartoon, it features the misadventures of Stan and Laurie hunting rabbits. In one episode of the food program, Melvin Bragg visited a farm in Cumbria, where he met a rabbit breeder. I'm sure you'll agree there are some tenuous links there. Wrap up. And there we have it. I've missed loads, I'm sure, but as I keep saying, I'm only one person with a computer and a Google. Join me next week when I'm donning my best podcast trousers and rummaging through the pockets of Derbyshire. Until then, if you want to get in touch to pull me up on an error or moan that I've not mentioned, insert thing here, I can be reached at countingdownthecounties at gmail.com or all other social networks as at Counting Counties. Take care. I've been Mark Thomas, this was Counting Down the Counties, and I'm off to find an alpaca. This podcast was written, recorded and produced by Mark Thomas at the studio of South Coast Voices Limited. Find out more at southcoastvoices.co.uk.